Do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand. Sand. Sand, yeah, like sands. Like the ocean, like beaches. Barbara Streisand? No, like Streisand. Sand. Streisand. Streisand. Barbara Streisand. All right, everybody, we've got a three-headed monster here, special edition of the podcast. Uh, we got a special guest that we'll introduce later on, but mm. we're Matt and Bob. We're here to pod about the Oscars and licorice pizza. You're listening to the Analysis. Cameron Dodge White, uh, fan of the pod, friend of the pod. Welcome on. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Mr. Inherent Vice himself. <clears throat> Guy. Years ago, pounding the table for the most forgettable Paul Thomas Anderson movie in the canon. Well, thank goodness the first piece that came out then. So it's because now that has the crown. <laughs> no, um, oh, a teaser into Cameron's yeah, take. Yeah, a teaser on Cameron's take. So Oscar noms came out recently, last week. Um, just wanted to get some overall takes. I mean, mm. I think Cameron, you and I talked about this. First of all, you look at the directors, which is going to yeah. show us who the real you know, competitors are for best picture. Uh, and mm-hmm. real quick, it is, um, so you got, uh, you got Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh, Belfast, Jane Champion, Power of the Dog, and snooze, then snooze, Drive snooze. My Car, and then West Side Story. So that's kind of like our top five, but like no Denny Villeneuve. Weave. Villeneuve. Right? <laughs> you, you, you almost got through that. <laughs> yep. Nailed it. Um, French Canadian, think Villeneuve. I also punted on the uh, the Asian director. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, but what do you guys think about that? I, I, I was amazed. I, I mean, like, you know, I, I'm rarely amazed by the nominations. That you're, it's usually chalk, and the whole talking about snubs thing, like, I never really get into. I think it's stupid. But that that seems like a huge snub for a guy that was able to pull off the unfilmable. Anything else stick out to you guys? The the movie was nominated for like eleven or twelve other awards, and you, so you're yeah. telling me that the the movie's good enough to like be be leading or close to the lead in total nominations, but the director isn't among the best of the year. I just it just seems like such an insane lapse by the Academy to like okay <laughs> this dude this dude put together a, a situation where we're like man the script is really good oh man yeah he really directed those actors really well. Oh yeah, yeah, and it looks pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, it sounds great. It really all came Actually, together. Well, who, who, else, who else are we gonna? What else does he have to do? Yeah, I mean, the, you're just listed yeah. all the jobs of the director. He must have Val Kilmer level spite going on. He must be like the director version of Katherine Heigl. Like people must just not because he's he's done some incredible stuff to for it to almost never get recognized. That's the only reasoning I can have, but that he doesn't get this type of acclaim. I mean, there is the thing to, I mean, the the Academy body is what, so many hundreds of members and, you know, each guild kind of votes on their category. So it's not like as a whole body, they nominate him for all this stuff and then they just, just decide to leave him off directors. It's, I think it's the director's guild voting for other people and then, you know the the special effects guys are voting for their the Dune their special effects yeah. people. So I guess he just wasn't their guy. They, they, uh, that that must come down to politics, you think? Because now there's so many more international voters 
that that's John why we're seeing yeah yeah that's sci-fi, sci-fi I mean, he's, he's done a ton of sci-fi i mean i think like blade runner arrival dune i, I just i don't think that that the academy People like gives sci-fi. A shit about yeah. sci-fi yeah I, I i think it's kind of like that comic book movie we haven't had that breakthrough necessarily like modern sci-fi hasn't had that breakthrough like like batman did you know like when when mm-hmm. dark knight got that nom and like you know everybody was just like oh shit like you know uh, comic book movies are for real now uh simply because nolan who had so much cred already built up was able to slam it through but i i don't know that we're, we're there with like modern sci-fi yet. despite the fact that I, I would say that a lot of people consider arrival and blade runner kind of right up there as far as like the the s tier of of modern uh film sci-fi i like all of his films i think he's amazing but uh yeah, yeah. i think you're right we're like because of dark knight now we have 10 nominees because like we gotta yeah. get these popular films nominated perhaps i think it's <laughs> a part spider-man one. not kidding yeah yeah spider-man not in there but i think it's because it's a part one it's so clearly the first chapter or act one of a two-parter they feel that maybe it's going to all of that kind of director nominations will pay off in the in the second leg of this maybe that's that's another reason potentially the old uh the old return of the king the old return of the king although i i'd have to go back i don't have it off the top of my head but i'm pretty sure peter jackson was recognized in some of the other ones leading up to it and then yeah. obviously it all paid off with Return that yeah. cleaned up yeah it, i think like as a culmination awards. yeah ridiculous i think it was, yeah because that's a culmination of the whole the trilogy there was a great uh, bit on the oscar night i think steve martin was hosting and, and peter jackson looked borderline homeless like he was just all yeah. disheveled his hair was like his tie was all fucked up and and he he went to accept one of the awards and and, and left the stage and martin came out and he goes it's a good thing he's wearing shoes. I'm happy he has shoes on tonight. It was, it was a pretty... <laughs> like, um, it was on a couple of levels, too, just because the Hobbits didn't the wear Hobbit shoes, shoes either. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, that's a nice uh, layered uh, uh, off the cuff. I was yeah. kind of hoping that we might see Steve Martin back hosting with Martin Short and then Selena Gomez from Only Murders in the Building, like a nice NBC, you know, Hulu tie-in, but it doesn't I just look like that's that going to happen. figure out the Oscar... I mean, like, I, the Oscars are about to be like the Olympics are right now. Yeah. No one is going to watch these fucking things. No one cares. And they, they just can't, they can't figure it out. I don't so mind about them. It, if, if no one watched the show, who cares? I, I kind of just like the Oscars as assembling a list of worthwhile films to watch and just not, they, you know, they barely ever get it right, even if you look back in history. But as, yeah. as far as like nominees, and usually like, you know, our favorite categories, Bob, you know, best adapted screenplay and original screenplay, those are, those That's, are yeah. like the true good, the best movies of the year land. Those um, are the ones that stand the test of time and people have in their favorite lists for, for years to go. Yeah, and they, they get those right. The, those, yeah, like you said, they stand the test of time. And it's nice to have these nominees and it, it's, you know, it, for posterity's sake as you know, listed in history but as far as the show as an entertaining thing oh, i don't really dead. care if they figure it out and it's clearly on the downward spiral especially if we see like a power of the dog oh god ignite i mean that's uh, which that's- i think is i think that's going to kill any breath left in the entertaining value or or just, I, I think it's just going to all the people that say, I hate Oscar movies. They always, all the stuff that the Oscars tell me to go watch totally put me to sleep. And, and then this is going to happen. It's going to reinforce yeah, that poster narrative. child for that, that yeah. uh, counter argument. Do you yeah, see that yeah, Cameron? Like it's a, yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I, I agree. I think that um, Matt, I, I, 
I'm loath to give you this much credit, but I think that you nailed uh, your review in one sentence when you guys talked about it, which is power of the slog. Yeah. It's, it, it is. Um, it, it's not only just simply not that great of a film, um, but beyond that, man, it really got hurt by casting, I think. Like, I, I really, I don't love that cast in those roles. And What's so funny is that that was everyone is like, jumping up and down for is like they I, consider it fan like great yeah, everyone's film. nominated yeah, Kirsten Dunst is nominated fake Philip Seymour Hoffman is nominated obviously I think Cumberbatch might fucking steal this thing from Will Smith which is gonna piss me off like I think help me in the Oscar bet there you go that's gonna that, that'll just sink me. I'm gonna be shitting in buckets again. But it's like <laughs> that's my lock-in pick here and I'm like God come on but this like all of a sudden a swell for power yeah. of the slog it's Making me annoyed. I, I, think, I think part of it is this like partially unearned return of Campion storyline that's kind of like pushing some of it. And like the film does have some really beautiful shots, but my goodness, it, it's it's a it's a lot. Like it, everybody feels like they are doing the most, except for Dunst. I would say I think that Kristen Dunst's uh, uh, performance was actually really nice, but but especially Cumberbatch it's just doing so much and he has never been able to really get around an American accent. Like that's yeah. the, one of my biggest uh, pet peeves about his like Dr. Strange uh, and, uh, and I'm sure, I can't remember the other movie I was thinking that it reminded me of, but he's just, he really does. He struggles with kind of like the roundness of, of the American accent. And, and man, I, I, there's multiple times it just really took me all the way out of it. It doesn't suit him. I mean, his his like uh, his wheelhouse is imitation game or yes. Sherlock, yep. smart, yep. witty British characters. And this, well, this one at least he's closeted in. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that's that's still part of his inside that wheelhouse. Yeah, <laughs> he's still got that in his quiver. <laughs> no, I yeah, I just I I I struggle to to get around or to come to terms with the praise. Um, and a lot of people that know a lot of about film are really heaping it on. But the thing that's going against this movie real quick is that a lot of people have seen it on Netflix and a lot of people have hated it, Um, which is just, it's gonna, oh man. I, and it's definitely the runaway favorite um, and the most nominated film. Uh, But let's just move on real quick. But uh, so we, another, another guy nominated here, Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza. This is what we're going to be talking about today. So he's in, he's nominated for director. This is considered probably top five. I don't know if it has a shot to, to win. Um, I think Spielberg at West Side Story, that, that feels like an Oscar um, worthy movie for sure. Um, Belfast, I think has fallen off in terms of being the favorite. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're all big fans of PTA. Uh, I saw this a few months ago, um, but I, I kind of I really enjoyed it as like a, a a classic trip to the cinema. It wasn't anything super serious. It just kind of felt like PTA having summer camp during COVID and <laughs> filming with these kids and you know a lot of famous people's kids and just kind of doing another ode to the valley. And it struck me as just just kind of being fun. I mean, it's kind of like you know wet hot American summer and you got a little fast times Ridgemont high and biggie nights elements boogie days was a popular like catch mm-hmm. line for a minute but uh, I don't know what were, what were you guys takes well first of all I have a question for you Hayes I have a list of talents I need to understand if you can do uh do you know how to stand under waterfalls and deliver a improvised monologue yes 
do you know how to take videos from the front seat of your motorcycle and try to impress women? <laughs> uh, yeah, to some degree of success. Do you know how to stealthily sneak into theaters uh, well, well within your 30s? Yeah, uh, thank you. No you have the part. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it was a I I thought this was a a nice movie. Uh, I I had a high expectations based on the the director, and I I think a lot of his movies are very emotionally draining. Just thinking of the master, or obviously there will be blood, which a lot of people consider the best movie of the last twenty something years. It, mm-hmm. Like they're they're very weighted heavy emotional movies this movie was a lot lighter um but uh yeah it was uh you really needed to invest in the chemistry and the bizarre love story which i ended up doing there were definitely because it's so episodic and a lot of these kind of stand alone it that the plot through line kind of bounces all over the place and so there was moments of the film where I was much more checked out uh, than other parts. But overall, I thought it was a sweet film. So that's that was my overall instinct. I'm really excited to hear what Cameron has to say. I, I hated it. I hated it. And, and, <laughs> and, and you're inherent. You, so I, we need to yeah, set up. You I loved Inherent it. Vice. I do. I, I stand by that. I, I will. I, I'll continue to pound the mat for that. The film. only movie uh, so P- I've actually walked out of. The only one. PTA. A total PTA. snooze. And you uh, hated this. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So PTA is, is probably a top three like favorite directors. Boogie Nights has been in my top five for twenty years now. Um, I think that that he has shown a breadth of understanding and skill when it comes to uh, film. That like there, there's not many directors who have got. Uh, a lineup like he does he has he's proven everything he needs to prove to me that like he is one of the greatest working directors just to get that out of the way and i will say that liquor's yeah. pizza looks great that yeah. hazy 35 mil style like just pan, you know panavision uh thing is amazing the soundtrack is is bonus hell is he always i mean he's always, he always great has great soundtracks. soundtracks though um a handful of shots, you know, of, of the valley and kind of like putting you inside like 1970 in the valley kind of thing. Like he technically, I, I, the film is great. I, I just think that it was so fucking boring and I didn't give a shit about any of the characters. Like he, he didn't make me care about any of those characters. And I really thought that the two strongest vignettes, because I think you're right, Bob, I think that like it, it is incredibly episodic. And the strongest mm-hmm. vignettes were Sean Penn and that and, and the golf course thing yeah, uh, and that. and Bradley Cooper and yeah. Bradley Cooper's in the film they they put him with those hammers smashing cars in every single advertisement only for it to not be in the film which is number one I'm like I hate it when editors do that like I just I know that's not his fault I'm sure like George Clooney like, in Thin Red Line yes yeah yeah but but it just wasn't it just really, really didn't do it for me. He's made that movie better, as you alluded to, Matt, in Boogie Nights, as far as like a, an ode to the valley. In, mm-hmm. in, well, in that's also 70s. episodic. Boogie Nights right. has a lot of those standalone episodes well, that kind of string together. And PTA has always obviously been really, really influenced by Robert Altman. But I would also say that like his, his kind of California triptych, which now we have like Inherent Vice, which is a... Uh, 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 Pynchon, right? It's based off uh, a, a Pynchon novel, which is, you know, if, if you don't know him, 
please go read him. Uh, he's a he's an LA based writer. He writes specifically noir um, based around uh, like seventies and modern. Uh, uh, also crime considered stories. an unfilmable book. Yes, um, and but I would also say that that inherent vice and the thing that I think that I loved about inherent vice. It, to me, if you watch that back to back with uh, uh, Big Lebowski, you have the perfect stoner duo movie. They they have they share such uh, intrinsic DNA with each other, um, and and LA DNA that I think that like it just man it just works for me so well. Um, as a Joaquin and, Phoenix fan, or JP as he's called in Bob Palin's house, mm-hmm, um, yeah, I'd be I'd be willing to give that movie another shot because I am a big fan, and I was watching it with a girl who walked out while doing her budget <laughs> um, for the year, so it wasn't a great experience. But uh, yeah, so, so so stacked. Yeah, it's, there's so many good. It's just so weird. Awesome. I, I don't know. It, it it gets it's it's like it's like someone on LSD was writing that movie. Yeah. Um, it's it's that hazy nostalgia I think that he does really really well in that movie. So when I was watching uh, Licorice Pizza, I was like, man, he's already made this movie twice, uh, like two sides of the coin before, and it, I didn't know that I, I didn't feel like he was adding anything new to the conversation of of dreamy seventies uh, LA nostalgia. So going back to what you said about setting an atmosphere, I think it it works really well here, and LA loves to jerk off on itself like I, I get really annoyed yeah. with the romanticism that I, like whether it's once upon a time I just sometimes I'm in the mood and sometimes I'm not yeah. I the whole like oh San Fernando Valley in the 70s it's like real I was like okay cool thanks I I could get I, I'd rather watch Cleveland in the 70s sometimes I don't give a fuck about San yeah. Fernando Valley it, it, it really comes down to the characters for me like the setting I, I don't necessarily get as romanticized in is, is like what's happening between the characters this did so, kind of feel like a PTA doing like a Tarantino uh, love yeah, letter though it, it's it's very link latery to me and Tarantino yes, it's like yeah, a, lo- a lot sure. of a little of that the vignette you're talking about with Sean Penn was also my favorite particularly because it was very Matt Hazy, where he's trying to hook up with this young girl, and then gets challenged, and he has a crowd around him, and he's got her on the back of his fucking bike, and he guns it, and just dumps her, <laughs> and jumps and, over this like arbitrary fire. Uh, it was so Matt Hayes. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I thought it was that, so that, funny. I did I love that him just like going on and completing the jump, like yeah, like a like a Randy Marsh moment. I think that that's part of it is like we're talking about like how impactful those those kind of like random characters on the peripheral were because I, I didn't like the main characters like they weren't likable her uh, Alana like everybody's like heaping all this praise on it and like look we all love Philip Seymour Hoffman the dude was a fucking genius I totally get why PTA is like I'm gonna throw this kid a bone right like yeah. he's gonna come in I don't think he did a bad job but if you actually look at the character the guy's like a mini Donald Trump like he's a little grifter right he he's and he's not likable. The the only redemption in that similar movie body for him, shape. Yes, very similar. Similar hair. Uh, the only redemption for that his character is that he doesn't feel her up when she's passed out on that waterbed. Like yeah. that. That's like the the best thing about him in the movie. And then for her, she's so constantly she, any any man that shows her affection or attention, she immediately falls all over herself for. It happens over and over because it's like you know, they kind of set it up with like her dad is super strict and you know what I mean? Like mm. it's like a, a really religious household and, and all this different stuff. But like 
whether it's the guy running for mayor, whether it's the kid, whether it is, uh, man, who's the other guy, uh, the Sean Penn, like, well, and then there's the kid the looking other for actor, validation. The Jewish actor. Yeah, the other, yeah, right. <laughs> the atheist, the atheist yeah, the kid. Atheist. That was a good bit, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, um, I can't do that. I'm atheist. <laughs> yeah, don't bring your atheist friends to a Shabbat. What What was funnier? So I, I thought this movie was pretty funny, despite it's, uh, and, you know, uh, completely you know, uh, well thought out and, and reasonable uh, nitpicks can, or, you know, or re- reasons for hating it. Oh, I agree with all that Cameron just said. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's it, criticism on the character, but they're not perfect. Criticism, yeah. yeah, there is a sense of like, well, what would be a good title for this movie? Uh, Meandering Times at Richmond High. Um, no, but I, there, I, th- I thought there was funny parts. Like, what, yeah. like what's, what, what was better? Uh, we talked about Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper showing up and actually absolutely draining a three to win the yes. game or well, from um, half court yeah from Not, the he, half court he, he didn't post up he didn't have to pull no nobody set a pick for him to have to get that shot off he he was like oh we'll pass the logo i'm doing it. it's game time right now what was better that or the asian stereotype character john michael oh higgins oh god <laughs> the balls that. to fucking go for that <laughs> in 2022 with all of the sensitivity going around and they have a guy who's so you had to have that after though oh yeah, yeah he's perfect like it, it, if it's him or it's like fred willard right like r.i.p by the way yeah, one yeah out. i like, know it's him it, or fred it, willard it, for only sure. only a couple of actors could have done that and and possibly gotten away with it the fact that i haven't seen people talk about that more is fucking mind-blowing yeah uh well i think this maybe not a lot of people saw the movie um but <laughs> but God, yeah, with the balls. I mean, I so me and Bob talked about this. It it is so you, you're laughing at the ridiculous man, right? You're not yes. laughing at the Asian voice, yes. um, but at the same but time, you, but you are. Yeah, yeah, but I am. Uh, but so but so Bob and I, uh, you know, the only people that rush out to see a Paul Thomas Anderson movie while it's still in theaters are middle aged white men, and then so so you're in a theater with about five guys. And they're all laughing at this. <laughs> you kind of have to check yourself a little bit. I was definitely the only person in the theater laughing at the bit. Like everyone, I was with six other people and was trying to suppress my laughter because people were checking over their shoulders being like, oh, there's there's a fucking. I was like, did 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 Trey Parker do a polish on this? Is it... Oh, 100%. It's absolutely a Trey Parker special. It, it also, it also too, it, it is, I will say that in a weird, twisted way, it's a it's a scene that I would show in acting class because if you don't commit a hundred and ten percent to that bit, yeah, it doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Then it does become that like oh, it, it becomes gross, it becomes offensive. But if you he sat there with the straightest face I have ever seen. I don't I, how many takes must that have taken yeah. in order to just have everybody like? Did the other actors know he was going to come out with like? the most offensive thing since we saw uh what's his name uh mickey rooney uh you know what I'm <laughs> like it, it, it's that's basically what it, that's what i thought of immediately i was like oh shit is this supposed to be like a a, a hilarious like nudge he's, nudge wink wink yeah, this is that w- when we were still making films like this and people he's doing mickey thinking, rooney like, and breakfast at tiffany's i yeah maybe yeah. it was like an ode to uh old school filmmaking i i, I don't i don't really know but also i love the oh my asian wife doesn't speak english which 
she does or something. Mm -hmm. But because yes. she's yeah, not yeah. gonna she's not gonna understand the notes we're getting from the marketing woman. Let me speak in a dialect that I I, I just the 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 mental like going through that choice. I think is just I, I thought so funny and risky and crazy that they did it. Yeah, risky. I I don't. I also to be frankly honest. I mean, I think that we would all agree that while while it is funny and like kind of insane, um, I don't I don't know that it adds to the film. You know what I mean? Like I, it, it seems like such an isolated bit and they revisit it and they, mm. they really, yeah, they, they go back. They go back. <laughs> with his second uh, wife. Back hard. Yeah, his second wife. Um, they, they go back hard on it, but they, I, I just don't know that it like, I don't know that it added anything to the overall film. You know what I mean? Like it, it seemed like we had a really funny idea. <laughs> We couldn't mm -hmm. put it in There Will Be Blood. It just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> where, 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 He's been sitting I, on this. We've been waiting for my career. Yeah, <laughs> since Magnolia, he's just been desperate to find this thing. It, it, originally, it was Fred Willard. Fred Willard's done those lines for, for 25 years before he died, just oh. waiting for the, the call. Oh, man. Like the Paul Tom, Paul Dano uh, character in There Will Be Blood was actually Asian, so he was yeah. just kind of, <laughs> I drink your milkshake. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, but I, I did think, I mean, say criticize the film all you want. And there is like elements of them just kind of having a good time and just like, we're all hanging out here in lockdown. We're all famous people. Let's make a movie and let's just see what happens. Uh, but I think there, he does show his chops a little bit there. I mean, the, the scene where they're driving that truck backwards, I thought yes. was, had real yeah. tension. I thought that's where Alana Heim did a really nice job. I thought the shot selection was, was pretty engaging and tense. So I, I, I really like what that. that what that tells you, though, is that that was all technical filmmaking from PTA, right? Yeah. It didn't mm -hmm. require the characters, right? Yeah. Like, you, you, you could put just about any characters from the film or any of his other films into that exact same situation, and he could have made that sequence what it was because he is a master. I mean, I agree with you. I think that, like, that scene where it's, like, kind of the, the wide shot when they finally, like, land on Ventura Boulevard, I think it's supposed to be, or maybe it's supposed to be Sunset. Mm -hmm. Um and it's like, holy shit. And they're in the center of the road. And it's like, okay, we're, we made it. We're alive. And like yeah. that kind of like jubilation. I think that that's kind of the tone that they were going for with the movie a little bit, like kind of summed up all in, in, in that kind of like one scene, that catharsis of like, oh my God, that, how crazy was that? Oh, it's, this is awesome. Um, you know, that, that story that all those kids will tell forever kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's um, no sound. There's no like yes, uh, trumped yeah. up emotion. Yeah, yeah, it's not, wrong. We, we don't need Hans Zimmer uh, giving us his all. Exactly. Cameron, I, I wanted to ask you, so you, I, I kind of enjoyed the notion of a mature boy meets an immature woman and just somehow through kind of the, the cosmic universe, they, it, it happens to make sense and i guess the to me the theme was kind of summarized with her saying you know, do you think it's weird that i hang out with gary and all of his friends all of his 15 year old friends and it's just like i i don't know i mean what does it mean to you and, and i guess sometimes like that's that's where we are in life where things are happening to us we're making choices and and really just how we define it to ourselves is the right answer I, I, I kind of, I, I liked that. I, I thought that was poetic in a way. How did, how did all that work for you? Yeah, not, not great. I, I think that a couple of choices maybe could have got me on your side because I, I appreciate that, by the way. I think that that's a nuanced take, Bob. 
Um, I, I very much agree that, that you know life is a little bit what you make it. You know, right? Like it, it, it like who, who's to say what's normal? Who's to say what's good? Like you're not on anybody else's timeline. A lot of those things are kind of imposed by society and yourself. You know what I mean? Of, of like yeah. accomplishing like whatever your parents had accomplished by the time that you're 30 or 35 or whatever. You know, like it, it's uh, I I do think that you know, being able to approach it and also tying into the kind of the overall theme and the setting of like, oh, the 70s kind of like this time of, of you know, certainly like liberalism and, and awakening, uh, free, you know, summer of love is only a couple of years previous. Um, I, I can appreciate that. I just feel like 15 was simply too young to make him to make that thing work for me because she's like, she's like in her mid twenties, right? She's yeah. 24, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a Maybe really if he's 18. Gap. No, he's 15. I'm saying if he was 18, oh, maybe 18, it's it's yeah. not as big of a mental jump for the audience to make. Right, exactly. And, like and, high school and, senior, maybe. Right, because they also make, remember, they, they specifically take time to spend on the fact that he deceived her that he was that young. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, that, it, and it tells you something about the character, and I would say that that was a, a useful piece of exposition, simply because oh, this kid's like, a, he's a grifter, right? Like, he, he's like always on on the hustle kind of thing. He's always looking for the next thing. And he, his initial instinct with almost everybody in the film is to lie or to like put up this front, right? Like he so desperately wants to be mature. He so desperately wants to be the man. Look at the way that he t- talks to the, the maitre d' uh, mm-hmm. at, at the restaurant. Uh, you know, the, like, oh, I'll, I'll let me take you over here. I, this is one of my favorite places. Da, 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 da. And you're like, hey, this, that. It, I think his family does do the marketing for that restaurant. I think I, I think it speaks to the like kids grow up fast in Hollywood. I mean, look at Leo, look at these yeah. famous kid actors, and and then their lives get all fucked up. And they, I think you're just forced to grow up fast. I think that's kind of what the the whole point of making him that young was. And yeah, I don't know. I I I also feel like the film was tried to be very divested from like that golden era of Hollywood until you get to Bradley Cooper, you know, like they're living kind of a, a, a sheltered bubbled life there in the Valley. And then they, they flirt with the fringes of politics, right? Like for, for everything from like the only character I really loved in the movie was uh, Hawkins younger brother, who I thought like just had that kid nailed it. Like his couple of things, like he just really nailed. And then um, the, the wannabe mayor's boyfriend who just like seems like ah, what, what this guy this guy really cares he loves his, his, his partner and yeah he just feels completely marginalized and like he just has like that that moment of catharsis where she she walks him home is like oh man this is a real person whose life exists like in the fringes of this movie who i completely believe whereas so many of the other things that happen and the other characters are either so larger than life and ridiculous or unlikable that i was just like ah and I, I really honed in on that, that I thought that that dinner scene was among the best individual sequences of acting in the movie as she is like <clears throat> basically forced to like kind of grow up a little bit in that scene because she she thinks that she's about to like, oh, the dreamy politician wants to go out with me. And like, as it kind of cascades and she's understanding, it's like, oh, holy shit. And I think like that moment worked well for me, but It's nice overall, to see Benny Safdie in there as well. Safety yeah as the mayor. I, especially when you know he's great on camera but mm-hmm. but obviously they've been much more focused on on being behind the camera uh, but then you got your boy tom waits uh yeah Love pulling up a nice Waits. little uh 
cameo there. I don't know. I think I, I hear what you guys are all saying. And uh, I think there were an, enough nice parts of the film, maybe not as a, cohes- a cohesive whole, but I think there's enough about it that, that allowed me to enjoy it. And then it, it seems like, I mean, if you heard that Ben Affleck interview where he's talking about how, you know, after, uh, um, Oh my God, Riley Scott or goes at Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott Riley, oh my gosh, Riley Scott, Riley Scott no, uh, the, goes off the, about how no one's no, you know no one's seeing Last Duel and the state of film and blah blah blah. And then Affleck was asked to comment, and he's like, you know what? Well, the one movie I made sure to go out to the theaters to watch was uh, Licorice Pizza, and I feel like there's a big, you know, people really respect him, yeah. and it, it seems like that he he's a guy that will always get people out to the theater to see at least. Absolutely. You know, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a few directors. It's Tarantino, Scorsese, PTA, Chris Nolan. It, it, I mean, it's like maybe five to 10 that anytime they do something, you're going to go see. So I think that that's cool too. It's, yeah. just, it's also, you know, it's a testament to the fact that even though I didn't like the movie, um, technically, you're still wowed by it. Like, you know, we've talked about a number of scenes here and that, that really in, in the hands of a, a lesser director, um, you know, I think would be it'd be very difficult to to recreate. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Awesome. I mean, uh, that was a good chat. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I guess we can cut it there. But uh, yeah. it was thanks for having me. I like I like that we really uh, <clears throat> we really compressed there that last ten minutes. We we're like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll get another one of these calls going. <laughs> you know what? Let's just toss the towel here. I think we we've, we've covered it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and Hayes has to go to his audition for three beavers. So, <laughs> angry beavers. So. There you go. Three angry beavers. Oh, what, a, what a classic. Yeah, they're bringing it back, adding a third. Well, uh, appreciate you guys for uh, hanging for the chat. Appreciate the analysis listeners for listening. Don't forget to smash the subscribe button. Wash your hands. Stay safe. And guess what, Cameron? We'll see you down the road. See you down the road. Bye. Bye.